podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thank you once again for downloading another episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod. Hopefully you enjoyed the recent episode with Duco James and found it interesting. On today's show, I'm joined by a two-time league winner and he's a man who's won the Scottish Cup as well. He was brought in by Neil Lennon in 2011 and actually started the first game on the road to nine in a row. It's Kelvin Wilson. Kelvin, thanks for coming on Gigpod. No probs, anytime. So it's very early morning here and me and you are doing a podcast. What's your schedule like nowadays? Um, just a coach. I went in there part-time. You know, a part-time role was, was perfect for me and I knew the guys that, that brought Ilkeston Town um, and they asked me if I'd be interested in coming in as a defensive coach. And to be quite honest with you, at the start, I didn't know if that was for me, that this coaching was the road for me. But, you know, I thought, that's what I know, I'll give it a go. And about three or four months later, I'm really enjoying it. So it's, it's been it's been good. Obviously, the COVID's not been, been brilliant, but the times that I have been in and the games that we have had, you know, I've really enjoyed it. And it's a diff- completely different approach to play in which I didn't realise. I thought it obviously would be different because you're a coach, but it's completely different. You look at things differently and you speak to players differently. So it's a learning curve and I'm really enjoying it. So you said there, obviously you're not enjoying the COVID, who is? But Celtic, as you may or may not know, last month were rocked and disrupted a little bit with the virus. If that happens... So if that happens at your level for the team that you're coaching... So what protocols are put in place and how much does that throw a spanner in the works to your game plans? I just want to be totally honest, I think it's a little bit more, you know, obviously at that level, Celtic and, you know, the Football League and things like that, etc. Um, I wouldn't say that, that the government or the the people in charge of the, the rules and regulations are, are not caring about, obviously, non-league football, but, you know, I think it's more... It shuts down, it shuts down, that's it. You don't really get any explanation, it's just shut down and things like that. Where, and the testing isn't as, as regular as obviously football league clubs and things like that. So it's different in that sense, which is it's obvious really because obviously the money, the money is in the football league, not in non league really. So um, it's, it's, they've been pretty good with us though. Obviously, when, when it's been locked down, we've had to stop training and stop playing and things like that, and games have been cancelled, which doesn't help and it isn't good but you know we're we're dealing with it like everyone else like every other football club you know you just got to get on with it so most time sitting moaning about it because everyone's got to deal with it I guess Did you apply the same coaching methods that you had drilled into you as a player or did you apply a totally different approach now? I think yeah I think every player that goes into coaching or management or whatever take little snippets from from what they've had in their their career from the, the best managers they've been managed under and coached under. Um, so, yeah, obviously, you, you try and take bits, you know, you take drills of what you enjoyed, training drills, what you enjoyed doing. So you'll take them in and do them with the lads and things like that. But I think, you know, the be-all and end-all is, is do it your own way. You know, try and make your own mark on it, try and have your own identity kind of thing. So, yeah, of course I take take snippets from Neil Lennon and from Billy Davis in particular because you know they were the best guys that I played under for me they got the best out of me as a player 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I take I take bits from them, but I try and I try and be my own person. You know, I try and try things myself. And you know, if, if it's not right, if you come away from it and you think, oh, I could have done that a bit better. Again, it's a learning curve. So I'll get on to Neil Lennon um, in just a little while. First off, I saw in a previous interview that you said you watched a lot of football in your retirement. Now that you're back in coaching, do you still get the chance to see a lot of Celtic this season? You know, when they are on TV, I, I will watch Celtic. You know, Celtic and Forest are my team, so yeah, I will watch them. I've not been up in a long time to watch. I've been up to do other stuff in Glasgow, but I've not been up to watch Celtic. So hopefully when this is all lifted, I'd love to come up and watch um, an old firm or, or something like that, a European game. But um, no, I've not been, been to a live game in a, in a while. So Neil Lennon, the man who signed you, he's under serious pressure this season after some, to put it mildly, mortifying results. Now, in your first season at Celtic, 2011-2012, Lennon went through a similar phase to what he's going through just now. At the start of November um, in 2011, things slowly clicked into place. But we're almost in December now in 2020 and things are still pretty bleak for Celtic in the pitch. Now, back then, Kelvin, to get out of that mire, what was worked on specifically? Or was it Rangers' implosion, in your opinion, that played a huge part in the turnaround in fortunes at that time? I think it's just football. I think that that happens in football. You have these, and it's unfortunate that it's the 10 in a row season that, that this is happening to Celtic. But I have no doubt that, that Neil knows. He knows what he's going to do and he knows how to, to do it. But saying that, it's not always down to the manager. It's down to the players. You know, the players have to do it. Lenny can only do so much on the training ground and so much in meetings and show the lads what they need to do. And But it's down to the lads to go out and do it. And... The games that I've watched, they they haven't really, you know, it's, it's been really poor, and I, I I can't see a bigger carrot than winning ten in a row. I, I, that I can't stand out every game. You wouldn't be up up for it, thinking, oh, ten in a row, let's let's do this. So I can't, you know, I, Neil Lennon. I always getting sticker. I don't know. Obviously, I know it's it's a result business, but you. You know, you've got to look back and you've got to give him praise for what he's done. You know, he's gone away, he's come back, he's done it again. You know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And looking at, looking into the squad, obviously I've not met the players. I only know Brownie and James E, Cal McGregor, Tom Rogic. I think they're the only ones that are still there from when I was there. And I don't know the rest of the lads, but when I was there, it was a really, really tight group we had. You know, we socialised a lot. Lads won't rush away from the training ground. We'll be there near enough all day, even after training in the games group. Just, just togetherness. Obviously, I'm not not around these players, so I don't know how they are. I don't know, I don't know how they are as a team or individuals. But when I was there, it was a really close, close knit, close knit team. And I wouldn't have left. I only left because I, it was personal reasons. But you know, it's. It would, it would have been a team that I'd probably want to stay there for a long time, like like Scott Browns and the Jameses. So, looking from the outside in, it just doesn't look like a tight-knit group to me. It doesn't look that we're all wanting the same things. It looks like some want away, some want to stay. You know, it's it's just not ideal for Neil. And as a manager, it's, he's going to get the flack of that, and it's, it shouldn't be him. You know, because at the end of the day, it's down to the players. They, they have to go and perform. 
when you joined from Nottingham Forest, though, did you find uh, I know everyone bad mouths Scottish football. I mean, we're used to that for years and years now. But did you find the standards at Celtic to be far far higher than the team you were at in the Championship in England? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Celtic. Yeah. You know, the other teams. I think it was just always. It was always their cup final. I can't remember playing one game for Celtic where the other team it wasn't their cup final. You know, even from when you turn up, they're just the other teams there and they're looking at us coming in and things like that. It was always like an FA Cup tie down here when you one of the small teams get one of the big guns. That's what it always felt like every game. So, but for Celtic, no, I think if you bring Celtic down to to England, you know, they're going to be a Premier League team. Simple as that. For one, with the, you know, the players that they've got, but, and then the money that they'll get from the, from the Premier League, it'll detract, you know, big names because the club, as soon as you go to the club, you look around, it's like, wow, wow, because I'll be totally honest with you, obviously I knew Celtic, I knew Rangers, I didn't know much about the club until I went and signed. And it's a massive, massive eye-opener to our big Celtic is. Speaking specifically about you as a player at Celtic, Kelvin, it's been implied, certainly in the recent weeks anyway, up here, that tactics and preparation for the squad in the first couple of seasons in the 2010s wasn't considered a massive focal point. But yet, we went to places like the New Camp uh, and Spartak Moscow looking fit, well-drilled and tactically efficient. So how was that achieved if, you know, tactics and preparation wasn't a huge part of like Neil Lennon's game plan as a manager. It wasn't as well, you know, that, that's that's the truth. Neil never come on, I can probably recall doing shape once, once or twice at Celtic, but never did shape. Never. You know, it was always drills. It was always the fitness was a massive thing with Lenny, he loved running us, so you know, a fit team. But I think we all want to play for Neil. We all love Lenny, we all want to play for him. Most of all, we all wanted to success ourselves. We we wanted to win titles. We wanted it. We wanted to be playing the Champions League on a, on a personal note. So I think as a player, you've got to want that. But what I'm seeing, obviously, I'm, it's just what I'm seeing. I don't know. I don't don't um, speak to many of the lads, or I'm not around them. But it's like a lot of them are playing for themselves, and they're playing for a move, or they're playing because they want to get out. And I don't understand that, you know. You know, I read some of what Sammy um, George Samuel said a few months ago about, you know, you can go and play in the Premier League in the bottom half and earn loads of money and never win a trophy or never play in Europe, or you can come and play for Celtic and play for a massive club, win trophies, play in Europe. And I think some people sometimes you just got to take a step back and just have a look at, at what you want. And some of these players at the minute need to do that because. It just looks like they want away, you know, too many of them. It's not just one or two, it's it's a few that look like they, they want to move on. So when you were playing at Celtic, we lost a lot of key players. Even your Fraser Forsters, your Victor Wanyamas, your Gary Hoopers, who all went away to move elsewhere. They never once looked like, they, you know, they wanted to leave the club and they were still actually, you know, performing for the team on a fairly regular basis. Did you ever find any player under Neil Lennon when you were there? was desperate for a move away and did that actually affect the team? 
No, no one was desperately for a, for a move. If you notice, all them players that went, all them players that left, they left because bids came in for them. They didn't leave because they wanted to leave. They left because of their their um, their performances. You know, they were playing unbelievable week in, week out. So that's obviously going to bring teams in to to want to look at them players and want to take them. You know, they didn't they didn't do it because they wanted to move. They were playing well because they wanted to win the leagues. They wanted to finish top goal scorers, the Gary Hoopers. They wanted to we wanted to play in the Champions League. We wanted to do this and that. We wanted to win cups. So there wasn't playing, thinking, right, I'm going to play and try and get a move. They were playing well for the team and again for themselves to win things. So I think that's that's the difference. Again, I, I, I've got to keep saying because I don't know the lads, no one's told me anything. It's different in this. It's like they're playing for themselves, playing for a move, playing because they know they're going to get a move in January or whenever. So that's the difference with, with the team that I played in. They all got moves from playing well for the team to win things not playing for themselves to get a move mm-hmm. if that makes sense No it does and you're talking about the team you played in so how did that team generally prepare against opposition like how long was spent on opponents game plans and key players and is it true that the team mainly learned about the other side from like the match programme or is that just a rumour that's caught arms and legs it's probably a rumour can't, can't recall that but we didn't we didn't concentrate on the other teams until probably the Friday until we and that wasn't on the training pitch it was on the video so we would get to the hotel when we were staying home or away and Lenny would, would go down for dinner at seven we'd eat dinner and while we were eating dinner Lenny would get the, the projector screen up and just let them play whoever was playing their last game you'd play it and would be eating a dinner watching watching bits of it. Then he would stop it and he would go through a few bits. But it'd be no longer than 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. So it was hardly anything. But I think that's because he was so confident in his players as well. Mm. Because the team that we're at, you know, I think obviously the results we got against teams and, you know, yeah, we didn't win the treble, but, you know, I think we got to the semi-finals um, one year maybe to make the treble. But we was a great team. We was, we was a great team. You know, good individuals, but as a team, we was really, really good. But even the lads that were, you know, didn't play and were on the bench, they weren't so, like, so, um, sulking. They would still come in and do a job for us. So it was all, never really concentrated that much on, on the opposition, which that's true. Lenny didn't really use, usually do that. It didn't do shape, but it worked. And the proof's in the pudding that it worked. So at Lennox Town, Ronnie Dyla, who was Neil Lennon's successor, came in and he banned things like, you know, chips and Coca-Cola on the menu. Yeah, which was considered fair game under Neil Lennon. This was as recent as 2013. Now in 2020, is this something that, you know, even Elkston Town would have down as a no-go nowadays? Um, Yeah, a little bit. I think after games, even at Elkston, there'll be food on for the players and the opposite team. And it's, you know, you will have chips every now and then, but it's, it is healthy, healthy-ish food, you know, it's, it's not, yeah, you know, your burgers and your fish and chips and that anymore, which it was when I was first starting, not County and places like that, that's what you'd get after games. But, uh, you know, yeah, we, Lenny didn't really, 
he didn't care what we had, you know. I think if performance was going wrong and players were putting on weight and weren't performing, I'm sure he would have looked at that. Yeah. But players weren't doing that. So, you know, why try and fix something that's not broken? So I think we just had what we want. But then I say we had what we want. It wasn't, you know, McDonald's and Burger King and things like that. It was steak and chips and, you know, chicken and things like that. It, it, it was good food, but it was just... It wasn't looked at uh, when I went to Forest, when I moved back from Celtic to Forest. You know, I got a bit of a reality show. I was like, I don't want to eat this, going into the canteen. And it was food that just tasteless and just wasn't nice. But they was really on the nutrition side and really looking at it. And I was like, wow, at Celtic, we didn't, it was just eat what you want, you know, kind of iron brew with your dinner, things like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's different now. It's different now with players. I think, you know, it depends a lot on the player as well. Some players, you you got, you got know, you're, you're more professional. You're looking, you know, I'm not going to eat too much of that or drink too much of that. But I think now the players, because they're getting younger and younger, breaking into first teams, I think they, they do need to put nutrition in, in order because they will probably go and have McDonald's and eat whatever they want. So, yeah, times are changing for the better, I guess, in that sense. Mm-hmm. I can't sit here and criticise anyone's diet, Kelvin. I mean, I had a Greg's before I came in here this morning to talk to you. Yeah. So, no, I mean, and that's that's me actually eating healthy. But um, yeah. so, like, so you're a coach now, Kelvin, as we've said. And when a team are going through a bad run of form, there's no cohesion on the pitch, and there's pressure mounting from the fans. Not to mention the team in front of you are looking stronger, much much stronger actually. How difficult can it be to get out of that rut? Um, and what would you do in that position? It's really difficult, you know. As a player, I've, I've been through it. And, you know, as a coach, you know, as a coach at Ilkston now, we've had a couple of bad results. So going through it as a, on the coaching staff side as well now, it's, you know, you try and... As a footballer, I noticed when you're happy and comfortable and confident, that's when you play your best football when there's things wrong around the club and when things you don't like and when things are happening in your heads elsewhere and you've got no confidence, that's where, you, you know, you start to struggle. So what I try to do, being a coach now, I try to just make the lads relaxed. You know, after a bad result, come in training on Tuesday and, you know, have a little bit of a laugh. You know, start with a few boxes, get the morale a bit happier, everyone chilled out. Because lads are coming in a bit tense, like, oh, the result on Saturday was bad. Oh, I wonder if we got through all the coaches are going to go mad or this and that or am I going to get pulled? So I think as a as from an ex player now as a coach, it's just trying to relax the lads, remind them that they're good players, you know, remind them of the good results that we had and what we did and how we got them results. And it's just making the lads believe in themselves because as a player, it's so easy to overnight near enough to just your confidence to just nosedive. And it's when your confidence goes, it's it's an odd, odd uphill struggle to get it back. But um yeah, my main thing is just more you know, if you're if you're showing that you're stressed and that you're you know, you're a bit uncomfortable with things, it's gonna rub off on the players and the players are gonna start seeing it and then they're gonna be even more tense. So it's just trying to be relaxed and make the players feel relaxed. Because when you're relaxed you you play your best football. You know, so that's how I try and approach that. And my final question for you is, what are you up to for the rest of the day? 
Um, today, I'm going to have a quick workout now when I come off the phone to you, because obviously lockdowns on, so the gyms are shut down here, so just a quick workout in my house. Um, I'm going to go and do a bit of food shopping, and then I'm going to go and pick my kids up from school later on. Well, all I can say is thanks a lot for coming on the Glasgow's Green podcast, Kelvin. It's been much appreciated and really grateful that you gave up your time for it. No problem. Anytime, mate. Anytime. Sports Social Podcast Network.